Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expeditors Podcast, where we look at the logistics and freight forwarding industry through the lens of a global logistics provider. I'm your host, Chris Parker, and today's topic, battery logistics. Demand for electric vehicles and advancements in their technology is soaring around the world. So what are manufacturers and their supply chains changing to meet this demand? We'll set the stage for that before going into the main discussion today around battery recycling and moving them safely and compliantly to support the rise of a new industry all to meet expectations of an increasingly environmentally conscious consumer. So returning to talk about this are my two favorite automobility nerds, global director of our automotive and mobility vertical, Karen Kinsella, and regional manager of Europe of automotive and mobility, Jamie Lanzell. Karen, Jamie, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Chris. Great to see you and hear you. It's great to be back. Thank you for having us. It is a pleasure to have you both back. How have you been? It's been uh, a almost a year, I'd say, or so since I've had you guys on the podcast. Uh, What's changed in your lives? Well, there's a few world events that have taken place since then, Chris, I have to say. Uh, Give or take. Um, (laughs) Our ongoing debacle with the semiconductor chip shortage continues. So Mm -hmm. there's 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 no real change there, but we're we're seeing the end is in sight. So let's celebrate when uh, when when we come through that. And of course, there's the impact of the crisis in certain parts of the world, and that's had a knock-on effect and an impact to a lot of the automotive and mobility sector. Yeah. But uh, quite honestly, unless you've lived in a dark cupboard, the pursuit of electrification is upon us. So it's <laughs> great to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot to talk, cover today. Jamie, how have you have you been? It's it's been a busy time, hasn't it, Karen? We have been helping shepherd our customers through all of this volatility. And since we last spoke as well as I've taken on a new role in Europe. So we've uh, have some great challenges amongst our team and lots of great interactions. So uh, just good to be back and good to be talking about batteries today. All right. So before we talk about today's topic, uh, Karen, Jamie, could you give me a recap of or just an uh, overview of what our automotive and mobility vertical is, what it does? What kind of service do we provide to customers? Sure. Um, if I start um, and lead into uh, tag teaming with Jamie. So we, we have a, a team of vertical experts within our organization, Chris, and we provide the knowledge um, working in the industry for many, many years, more years than I care to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really <laughs> act as a, a pivot between our business and translating the needs of the of the customers. So in all areas of logistics and supply chain, there's a different acronym and there's a different language. So we break down the barriers mm-hmm. and then support the teams across expeditors business, translate the needs of our customers. Um, and we're shifting towards mobility. So it's an exciting time. There's a bit of a mini revolution going on. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's a, a great opportunity for our teams to support across all of the sectors of expeditors network. As Karen says, we're the glue between, you know, industry experience and understanding, you know, what happens behind the doors and what happens within the factories and scaling up and this huge change between internal combustion and the migration towards mobility and the likes of batteries. And then bringing all that experience through with everything that's going on in world events. So we really are sort of a a shepherd for industry through all of these events and and uh, and, and helping our customers you know, build that trajectory for the future. So it's it's a really interesting time, both in the industry and obviously with everything else that's going on uh, in the freight forwarding and, and global world. So um, it's it's a really interesting role over here in Europe. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, dive into the topics today. And so. You know, we talk about better recycling. Uh, manufacturers are moving away from internal combustion engines or transitioning over into electric vehicles. What is the importance right now of electrification and the focus of battery development in the automotive world? 
Well, the electrification process ultimately is to reduce the reliance on fossil fuel consumption. Um, Chris, and, there, and, and there's a real transition from decarbonisation across the whole world economy. And it's, it's not just within the automotive sector. There's lots and lots of different industries that really in, are in pursuit for looking at alternative fuels. And there are many different alternatives. Um, batteries and the electrification is only one source of that. Mm. But it also takes us into a really, really exciting area of renewable energies. And I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail, um, but we do see the pursuit of electrification now is allowing manufacturers to produce vehicles ready for the next generation. So that's really exciting. I think also as well, Karen, is the legislation we're seeing across the world as well. I mean, there's, you know, the UK, for example, by 2030 has has planned to eradicate the use of internal combustion, the sale of internal combustion cars. And that's really helping to drive industry. And I think not only is it the UK, is it uh, as 11 other countries out there who have done and the same ambitious target by uh, by 2030. So this is really just a catalyst within industry to migrate towards this carbon neutral future, um, and of which batteries and battery logistics is a, is a part of that. So uh, it's a really interesting time to watch this technology take hold and, and for, for us na- help navigate this world and some of the challenges that it's throwing up at both to industry and to recycling. Is this creating a lot of pressure on automotive manufacturers to like accelerate their battery transition from the countries, from consumers, or were manufacturers already leading the charge in this space? Well, a lot of manufacturers were already producing electric vehicles and have done so for for quite some time, Um, Chris. I think we've we've got to remember there's a long life cycle when you're producing a new vehicle. So for the investment and making sure that you've got all the research and development in place and all the the right level of uh, quality measures in a new vehicle, it, it's it's you know it's not a quick process. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of manufacturers have now seen consumers shifting in the future, and, and what we've seen is as batteries get more scaled, the cost reduces, mm. and everybody's on the pursuit of you know the longest range. Everybody wants to produce the vehicle with the, the longest range before you need to charge. So there is a bit of a race in that. Amongst mm. manufacturers, really, to you know, see who can produce a vehicle that lasts for hundreds and hundreds of miles or kilometers. When I think of rechargeable batteries or lithium-ion batteries, I think of the fact that I can't check them in my luggage. Uh, I have to carry them on my person in order to be in order to move safely with them. Otherwise, they can cause all kinds of um, problems, right? Uh, mid-flight, and so batteries are a dangerous good. What are the automotive and logistics industries doing together to tackle battery logistics and its complexity? There are some some big challenges around this, and it's not only moving it safely and compliantly. It is the scale as to what Karen was was saying. Mm-hmm. Is you know just two years ago there was you know a, a demand for about a quarter of a million metric tons of lithium, and by the time we get to twenty thirty, that will be two point two million tons of lithium that will have to be moved. So. Not only do we want to make sure that you know there are compliant processes within shipping, but then also within air freight and the the potential risks of carrying uh, you know DG and this lithium via air freight, and then also some of the global challenges as well in the same way of some of the rail freight routes have had some disruption recently into how to move this. So we're all having to uh, build more 
um, uh, agile solutions into how we can scale and how we can grow and build viable solutions to this moving forward. And, uh, and Karen, I'm sure we'll talk about this later. A lot of certainly the mobility industry is looking into near sourcing, building more infrastructure closer to where the cars and the consumers are made to try to take out some of this risk within the supply chain heading towards 2030. There are components of batteries, Chris, um, that make them very complex, but also highly combustible. So you, you've got to have very, very strong standardised processes in place to mitigate the risk, mm. not only for the transportation, but also for the people that are handling these. These are, these are very volatile in nature. Um, whilst producing high energy sources, you've got to have a very, very strong dangerous goods procedure in place. And I think there, there is a recognition that batteries, whilst uh, they're being put into place, that knowledge and expertise may not necessarily exist to the same level in all corners of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so from, from protecting customers and protecting ourselves, it's very, very important that customers are aware that this is not a normal part or component for a vehicle. It is a very complex product. So in the open, I mentioned that consumers are getting much more environmentally conscious. They want to know, you know, the emissions that go behind the movement of the things that they're purchasing. Could you help me understand how their understanding is changing and how is that affecting things upstream? Well, there's more social awareness about emissions, Chris, which um, I think is really evident. I think one of the things that we all can take stock of with COVID, when everybody was forced to work from home and there were you know, there were no means of transportation either in the air or on the road. Everybody saw the impact to the environment. Everybody mm -hmm. saw what happened to the quality of the air. And I, I think now customers are much more informed. Um, so I think it's now allowing people to have a choice um, between vehicles. And as the cost of different transportation and I'm not just talking about cars here we've got e-bikes we've got trucks we've got all modes of transportation which uses electrification and batteries and um, so consumers do actually have a viable choice mm -hmm. um, do they want to invest in this type of technology they want to be seen to making a positive impact on the world um, and particularly there's a certain generation um, that that really maybe won't choose to own a vehicle they will choose to share a vehicle or, or select a, a, a transportation that they you know use on an app and they they will be able to make a choice whether that's an electric vehicle or a, a vehicle right. with an engine i think it's also worth mentioning as well is not only automotive mobility we talked about scooters there and obviously the solutions around the car but also just slightly outside of our vertical in the same way of electrification of buses and trains and even you know in aviation there's a magic number that says if the power of a battery can achieve over 500 watt hours per kilo suddenly then electrification during flight could be an option so mm -hmm. it's the social awareness not only of what you're doing and what you're consuming but in every aspect of, of our behavior and how we can limit the amount of co2 we're emitting through our consumerist behavior as it were and i think that's changing you know generation by generation and we can really see that change i think at the moment consumers are 
more aware than they've ever been. Um, if we take an example, let's use an analogy. If you want to buy a T-shirt a number of years ago, people would choose um, a T-shirt made of maybe a recycled material. Mm -hmm. I think there's much more awareness now of where's that T-shirt made? Um, you know, is that T-shirt made in an area where people are paid well, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, we haven't really seen evidence at the moment that consumers are making the choice about where's that battery made or where are those battery cells from? Um, mm -hmm. We haven't really seen that that level of evidence, but uh, I think it's fair to say manufacturers are very aware of this and there's different ways of metricing this and there's a different analogy coming into place. So just measuring the emission of a vehicle from A to B, we do see that that's going to get longer and longer and people are going to be more aware of how they measure the emissions. Lithium is a finite resource on planet Earth, right? This is not an infinite thing, much like our fossil fuels. But the interesting about this is that it can be reused uh, and then recycled. So help me understand, um, you know, what's the what's the latest and greatest that's happening out there? It's It's been really interesting. Not only, you know, as, as you say, just to support, you know, the UK's ambition for 2030, you know, 60,000 tons, metric tons of lithium has to be mined. And this has made the cost of lithium just increase gradually year over year. And in fact, there's been a, a massive spike over the last 12 months um, within the cost of lithium. So there's now much more of a tipping point from industry to say, well, how can we reclaim lithium, cadmium, and nickel from other sources? How can we take batteries that are currently out there in consumer products or in batteries that are currently in first-generation vehicles and take that material closer to where it it's, needs to be manufactured and to recycle this. So there's much more of an incentive for, uh, for, for the manufacturers to be thinking this way moving forward. And there are and there are profitable strategies to be able to reduce the environmental impact of the industry as well. So the relevance of the recycling um, industry, some some companies are commercializing new battery recycling technologies. Um, so you will you will get manufacturers who identify that there are some, um, you know, monetization benefits from this. Um, but also, as you've said, it's it's not an infinite resource. So in order to be able to recycle that, then how you renew that in a different way, either back into the battery manufacturing process, um, a lot of manufacturers are, in, are in identifying, you can renew that energy in a, in a different way. You can power your house. Um, you can store the energy and reuse that to put back into the grid. So there's various different ways that this type of technology is really going to advance. I, I donate my electric car. I don't know where it's going. Where does it go? And what's happening now? And does that need to change? Or will that be changing in the future, you think? Well, only 5% of batteries are recycled today, Chris. So remember, this is a, wow. a relatively new industry. You know, right, right. a couple of years ago, it was only 2% of all of the batteries were, re were renewed. So I think you're going to have, um, you know, it's a, it's a touch point. You're going to have a lot more people identify the opportunity to use renewable energies. So there's going to be an emergence of a new type of industry, I think. Um, but if you were to give me your electric vehicle, um, there would have to be strict or stringent ways 
of extracting some of those types of components. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be a layman's industry, to be honest. It's going to require a level of technical expertise. Um, and obviously, to be able to do that safely and renew that energy, you're going to have to have some element of specialism. Um, so again, I think there's a number of companies in certain markets, but I would expect to see over the next 10 years, this is definitely a growth area. Yeah. Agreed. I think also there, there are a couple of different use cases for this. We, we talked a little bit earlier about maybe taking the cells from that car and then breaking them down and putting them into a power wall that could potentially be charged via solar power panels on your roof to make sure when you plug your car in at home, it has a source of power or, uh, you know, your lights on an evening. That's a, that's one particular way. Mm-hmm. But also, in you know, we could potentially... Um, see different things come out into the marketplace. There's a lot of charging infrastructure that's required out there. And there's a lot of different generations of of technology. And we're seeing this also as batteries tend to change as well, is uh, currently lithium ion batteries are made of lithium and cadmium and nickel. And then as new battery technology is evolving, we're seeing more solid state batteries that are, you know, don't have that nickel uh, capacity within them. So Technology is moving on, recycling technology is moving on, and the use case for this material is also moving on. So I I imagine we're going to see a lot more innovation in this area moving forward, and we'll see lots of exciting different ways of reusing this technology as we move forward. Karen, you brought up a really interesting point, though, with the the technical expertise needed to disassemble these batteries, to strip them, and and, and this this is not a layman's industry. As yeah, you pointed out, right. I thought that was a very interesting point there, and I understand that you know we need to have stringent policies around you know dangerous goods to move them safely. But sourcing, I think, is also another thing that comes to mind if they have to be recycled at specific areas. What kind of complexity does that bring? Really, the automotive industry is is learning from other industries, Chris. I mean, the um, recycling of batteries that we would have from mobile phones or laptops, for instance, um, has has had the reuse and other applications um, taken into recycling. So you'd have to find a qualified e-waste recycler that can Mm -hmm. handle and recycle the lithium safely and responsibly. There's a number of directives. So there's now in Europe, for instance, there's a batteries directive and it's, it's becoming the same where legislation is dictating who and how the recycling of this material can be processed. Um, And the transportation of this product is is a premium um, it's it's very specialized i don't envisage every single transport provider would want mm-hmm. um, to be able to invest in this you're going to have to have a level of competence and a level of qualification and, and certification in order to be able to do this so we do see that recovering the battery chemicals and the precursors for that um, will will really spawn a new um, specialism in the industry yeah, Karen, you said that this is a relatively new industry, you know, that's still got a lot of growth ahead of it. So as it as it develops and, and grows, um, what's being discovered? What kind of innovations are being born out of this? Well, I think we're going to continue to see over the next 10 years um, the continuation of lithium ion uh, domination. Um, it's it's mm. going to take a long time to get the productivity, but you're definitely going to see energy more energy efficient or density of the vehicles. The vehicles are going to get lighter. They're going to be probably cheaper in the manufacturing process as batteries are going to be produced closer to the mm-hmm. final um, production site. Um, and, and as well as the energy density um, and the lowering of the costs, 
as as Jamie said, there's going to be a reduction in the amount of cobalt in a battery. So, mm. you know, improving charging rates are going to be, become faster. Consumers, or well, as all of us, we want everything quicker, cheaper. We want everything today. <laughs> um, sure, sure. So I think, you know, the scale up of manufacturing and, and continued research is, is really going to take shape over the next 10 years. I, th I think also just to add to that is um, we're also seeing more and more innovation, not only for lighter vehicles and more density, which gives you more range, but the, the, the long pole of the tent at the moment is currently charging as to how long it takes to charge your car. And we're seeing, you know, a lot of our customers have replaceable and autonomous replaceable battery packs or different ways of charging or different charging infrastructures to how you're going to deal with the behavioral change of driving an electric vehicle versus driving a petrol vehicle. And I think, it, you know, the technology will change before our behavior changes almost. So we'll see a lot more innovation in this area into, I imagine, pulling into a, a gas station in the future and, you know, pull out one battery pack and put in another. That will potentially be one of the things we'll tend to see over the next few years, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. and, and electrification or, or renewable um, components for, for batteries is only one source of renewable energy, Chris. So right. I, I think there's there's lots of discussion around now, uh, you know, the growth of hybrid renewable energy power plants where batteries have installed you know, alongside the existing solar farms and the wind farms, and it this will improve the economics of solar farms as well, and it will continue to push those prices down. Okay, so now I want to draw back to the fact that you two are supporting automotive customers. Uh, what role does automotive play in battery recycling, from from your understanding? Well, the the industry brings scale. I mean, if you think of all of the vehicles on the road and, um, you know, the, the latest forecast, even with all of the, the crisis and, and, and downtime with production, it's still estimated 40% of all of our vehicles within the next 20 years are going to be electric. Wow. So I think the industry most definitely brings scale um, and it brings a level of technology advancement. So if you look at the way that the vehicles are being produced today, combining with autonomous self-driving, for instance, it really gives manufacturers a way of producing a vehicle for the next generation. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think uh, I, th I think the, 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 the focus of having a gear stick on a vehicle, uh, you know, that will be long gone in, in the future when most of us will be using our battery to be able to renew the energy that we power our houses by. Is it an evolution or a revolution? I would say it's a bit of both, Chris. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the, the technologies for batteries that we've seen really have, have advanced over the last five years. And every manufacturer that we're talking to right now with our, with our teams across the world, everybody is developing battery technology. So it's mm -hmm. really, really exciting time. Um, I think we, we have started to see the demand from our customers to bring those into logistics solutions. So that's also taking shape where a consumer is now driving the, you know, the buying behavior of the logistics. So I, I would envisage that will become the normal over the next couple of years as well. All right. Thinking about all this now, why should a consumer care at all about how batteries are being recycled, you know, or, or the discoveries that are happening in this, this new and growing industry? I think it's important that as you know, consumers become more and more aware of their, the ethics of their buying power, of where they're spending their dollars, 
Mm-hmm. And if you're buying into a, you know, the biggest consumer launch of any product we've seen in many, many years, which is a, an electric vehicle, not only are you buying into reducing the, your carbon footprint, but in the same way, buying into the ethics behind how that vehicle was built, where the carbon, uh, so where the, the battery materials come from and how much CO2 has been emitted in the, the creation of that vehicle. And there's so much more awareness a, a, around these processes. So it isn't just about having an, a, a sustainability message as a battery electric vehicle uh, company. It's about mm-hmm. really making sure that your supply chain and the ethics behind how you build that vehicle really do stand true to the, the mission statement of those companies. And we as consumers are becoming more and more educated in how these things are are built. And we're putting our money where our mouth is and we're seeing you know that impact happen across the industry and across uh, the logistics and freight forwarding industry also. Excellent. Well, Karen, Jamie, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, close out this discussion? No, um, I think it's an exciting time for the industry, dare I say, as it charges ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so interesting that this is the catalyst for lots more innovation, both in our vertical and everywhere else around the world. This is one of the biggest changes we're going to see in our lifetime. And we're all excited to see where this goes. So exciting times ahead. Well, Karen, Jamie, thank you so much for your time uh, to talk about this. I'm really excited for how this will change, you know, and and where this will go in the next few years. So uh, definitely going to keep my eye on this one. And uh, yeah, thanks for the time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got questions or want to learn more about today's topic, check out the show notes for more information. And before you go, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using so you won't miss the next episode. To learn more about Expediters, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or simply visit us at expediters.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time.